Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hello, we're so glad that you guys have joined us today. I literally just asked Emily, do you want to start? And Emily, what was your answer? I said, no. No, we're so glad that it you guys- It makes me so nervous. Why? We're literally just saying- I know, but you're so good at it. Not... The eggs Thanks, go Emily. inside the- <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, we're so glad you guys have joined us again today. Um, I am Julie Richard and I'm Emily Richard and we're thrilled that you are here to join us in our talk about all the feels. Woo. I know it is exciting because Emily, how did you describe the three feelings that we're doing? What? Anger, fear, and sadness. You, there's a word that you use. Oh, <laughs> I felt like I was being tested. Sorry. I was like, what? Um, unfun feelings. Unfun feelings. I use the scientific term icky. Emily has chosen and, unfun, mm -hmm. and I, I do think those are great. And especially um, today, we're going to talk about sadness. I think that is Which a, it makes me think of Inside Out immediately. If you've never watched that movie, Inside Out, uh, I think it is required for adults. Yes, and you may need to watch it before you watch it with your kids. Yes. Well, our whole family. Because I'm still grieving. It, it is, but it's so valuable. So I can't, good. I, and, and there's so much in there that we can learn from when how they handle sadness. How yes. joy handles sadness. And how sadness. joy handles Yes, sadness. it's so great. Anyway, <clears throat> we're going to talk about sadness today. And we're going to talk about, um, we're going to walk through our cognitive behavioral parenting and our remote control process as we talk about sadness. Because our job as moms is to empower our kids um, to be able to identify process express and overcome these or overcome or cope with right to navigate to navigate unfun feelings unfun feelings and so emily how do you feel about sadness um okay so sadness is interesting some i'm a person who even when i was eight years old i would like read a book that made me feel sad because i loved i think i just loved to feel feelings and i was also impressed by authors and movies and music that made me feel a feeling and so I love feeling sad um but I also feel it w by choice right you love you love it when a book takes or you on an movie. emotional ride yes or a movie makes me f like evokes that emotion I'm not like like I know I have a lot of friends slash parents who <laughs> <laughs> who are who say why would I choose to feel sad why would I watch a movie or read a book but I love it that wasn't like totally an answer to your question but I got yeah, hung up but on you do I I think that's important because that is we had a significant difference there I am not going to choose the book you know the title walk two moons how many times did you read walk two moons um from when I was eight to when I was like 14 I probably read walk two moons 11 times and sobbing like you each time and I would I vividly remember coming upstairs to y'all's room crying at the same spot 
in the book every single time because it broke my heart, but it made me feel feelings. It was amazing. And you, amazing literature, amazing literature, because it made you feel things so deeply. You connected with it in such a way. Oh, yes. It, it was, was the awful. same. Do you remember? Um, oh, what is the name of the movie? I can't remember, but because, it was very sad oh. at the end. And Allison was um, like sobbing, sobbing. Allison, my oh daughter. Yes, <laughs> we seriously had to sit in the theater for like 30 minutes after the movie was over. But she would go back to it. Oh, she gosh, also yes. loves. We watched it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys also love, you know, both of you love stuff like that. Me? No. I'm going to choose it once and I'm going to say that was amazing, but I am going to avoid it. As a matter of fact, when we were talking about doing this series, um, this was before we addressed it years ago, we did another series similar to this one and um, in Fearless Mom and Julia Fortman, who does a lot of research and she works in the public school system. So she's always aware of what the district is doing and what the latest uh, issues, I guess, and trends are in schools. And so she said, I feel like you should do social emotional learning. I said, I love it. And she said, we were talking, we went through all the feelings like, okay, how can we address just, you know, three or four of them? And she said, I think you should do um, fear, anger, and sadness. And I said, I'm, I'm all in. I'll do fear one week and then anger and then joy. And she said, no, I think you ought to talk about sadness. And I said, exactly. I'll talk about joy. Because in my head, joy was the antidote uh -huh. to sadness. And she said, no, Julie, you have got to talk about sadness. I didn't And even... so if you have seen Inside Out, you know that Julie Richard is the real life in-person version of joy. I didn't even realize I was contradicting her. Oh, right. No, I wasn't trying to argue. It was or like a it, total. Yeah. I thought we were speaking the same thing and it, I had to do. You were a like, lot yeah, of... sadness, joy. Exactly. How do you see joy in the sadness? How do you talk about sadness? Mm -hmm. I talk about joy. And so, yes, you can see joy alongside sadness. And we'll talk about that. But mm -hmm. we have to get OK. We have to normalize sadness. You have to value sadness. Yes. And that was something I really had to work on. So what is our job as parents? Our job as mom, we want to embrace our responsibility to do our best to set our kids up for their best. And so in this series, we're trying to help our kids build their emotional awareness, improve emotional intelligence, and develop emotional resilience. And we do that through the fearless mom strategy of cognitive behavioral parenting. Emily, why don't you talk a little bit about um, the definition and what it means? I love it. The definition of our working definition of cognitive behavioral parenting is proactive strategies that help children understand their thoughts and feelings and how those thoughts and feelings affect their actions. So it's connecting the dots between thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And what I like about this concept is that thoughts, feelings, and behaviors fuel each other. It is not a linear path from one to the next to the next and there's like an ending point and a starting point it is a triangle a circle of it's a I mean, cycle i love to make venn diagrams but we don't have to do that with these <laughs> but it is the relationship between thoughts feelings and behaviors is complex and worth a learning about and you have to we draw arrows thoughts leads to feelings feelings lead to actions but you can also reverse it yes and as dr robbie sonderegger says you are much more likely to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action yeah 
And so the cycle goes both ways. So we, we love the concept of um, cognitive behavioral parenting. We believe in it and we believe we can't um, guarantee that our children will never um, struggle with anxiety and depression, but mm -hmm. we can do our best to set them up for their best. And I also think about, I was thinking about valuing sadness. I think it's, I've been super intrigued by this idea of the things that God has given us in creating us and how it is emotions are part of God's design for people. And so they are maybe unfun sometimes, but it's an, exp it is like a way to we're wired experience this way. things. We are wired this way. Yeah, we are thank created you. wonderfully complex. Sometimes I get stuck in my Head. No, it, it, and my mom is really helpful. <laughs> well, I think that's why there are two people on the podcast. Yeah, so we can. We're a good team. Yeah. Um, so now, um, if a kid has strategies and can better understand and manage his emotions, whether it's anger, fear, or sadness, when he has tools, when he has weapons, he's now better prepared for whatever life throws his way. So let's look at sadness. We're working from this definition sadness is a temporary unhappiness as a result of loss, disappointment, or hurt. A lot of things can cause sadness, but we just, uh, for example, loss, disappointment, or hurt, and it's temporary. It's an unhappiness um, that is a result of that loss, disappointment, or hurt. So it actually covers a broad range. It can be, you know, from the trivial to the traumatic, mm -hmm. you know? And so it can be um, not being invited to a birthday party all the way to losing a loved one and all points in between um from this you know simple to the significant it can it so we're covering a broad range here in an ideal world our kids learn how to um identify process express and cope with sadness with a lot of little things before they get to a big thing right but sometimes the big things come in you know early when in life you don't yeah and we um and you don't expect understanding um, that we can't control those things around us and learning to accept those sad things um, is critical to healthy living because we know from Jesus's words himself, John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, <laughs> right? But take heart because I have overcome the world. So mm -hmm. yes, we find hope and joy in a relationship with Jesus and knowing that God's going to use everything, everything, even our pain for, um, you know, his glory and our good, even our hurt for his glory and our good. But that also that verse also says that we will face trials and sorrows we yeah. will have pain we will have hurt we will have disappointment so instead of teaching our kids to avoid loss we want to teach them how to handle it and instead of teaching them to avoid disappointment um, we want to teach them how to handle it and to know that I can experience peace in the midst of unfun feelings yes is that, comforting they can run parallel they're on parallel tracks yeah, they're not mutually exclusive right um, they're not in conflict. Uh, I think that if we acknowledge that, when we acknowledge it, if we spent half the energy empowering our kids to handle sadness as we do helping them avoid sadness. Wow. Yeah. Then we do a bunch better job of, you know, setting them up for their best lives. Well, cause avoiding sadness is trying to take control of circumstances, which is setting everyone up for failure. Well, it's not, a, it's not realistic yeah. at all. Whereas like how to navigate it, everyone can 
develop now, that skill. When you understand, if, if I um, if I understand that loss is part of life, disappointment is part of life, you know, sadness is part of life, um, hurt is part of life. I'm less likely to avoid failure. I mean, to, right. you know, try work to avoid failure. Right. And so if I go, oh, failure is part of it. Now I'm going to take more risks. Right. I'm going to learn how to weigh the risks. Well, and I think it's really easy to think, oh, if I'm feeling sad, then I did something wrong. Wrong. I, yes. If you, if you try to avoid sadness, if that's your goal, then once you experience sadness, you're like, oh, I messed up in my attempt to avoid this. Right. And like, I should have done something differently when really, again, that's trying to take ownership of circumstances, which we can't do. Yes. I think that we empower kids uh, when we equip them to uh, see sadness as part of life. Sadness, loss, disappointment, hurt. Uh, we have to shift our perspective. We have to help normalize it, you know, and verbalize mm -hmm. it so mm -hmm. that we can look at it, analyze it, um, and use it for good. So um, sadness gives us opportunities to build and strengthen relationships. We know we're created for community. We know that we are wired for friendship. And so sadness gives us an opportunity to reach out and get help, to reach out and give help. And we have to trust that God will sustain us. We learn and we, we know from scripture also that, you know, God's going to use everything for his glory and our good. Romans eight twenty eight. we also know that he will use our pain. We can comfort others who then struggle with um, a similar situation. And so there, there's a lot of value in sadness. But I hate being sad. That being said, I can see all the value. And that's allowed. And still, I, I don't like it. I certainly don't like for my children to be sad. Even now, you guys are all adults. And I don't like for anyone to feel sad or to experience that. I have to change my mindset and even allow you now to experience it, to walk through it. Um, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about that when we get into um educating our kids so the emote control process emily how are we going to um arm our kids to uh identify process express and cope with sadness oh yeah we start with validate validate the emotion i see that you're feeling sad um my mom could not always say i understand that you're sad because it could be confusing sometimes <laughs> because things that made emily sad were <laughs> go ahead and we give an example uh, the same things that made you mad or that's the thing is like that's what I was we were talking about this um a little bit ago pretty much all of my if you're if you know the Enneagram I'm an Enneagram one and so all of my unfun feelings present as anger aka tantrum a long time ago tantrum yes <laughs> very long ago sorry sorry um but so it's harder for me like i'm quicker at the examples of anger because they're all surface level expressions of any feeling any fear, unfun any unfun feeling fear sadness hurt whatever and i'm like ooh, that's less fun but sadness you validate validate the emotion i can see that you're feeling sad um some kids that's resigning themselves to the situation um that was never my response <laughs> I would always just yell about things. Well, and that, that, you know, sadness looks different in every kid. Yeah. 
it, it can look like withdrawal. It's just like the other feelings we said. Which leads us into step two of emote control very nicely. Um, validate the emotion, then you separate the emotion from the behavior. I can see that you're feeling sad. Sadness is allowed. This meltdown is <laughs> not helpful. This disrespectful <laughs> tone is well, not yeah, yeah. okay. And so you you validate, you separate, and then educate because now you've got to empower them with the acceptable behavior right. or the acceptable response. And then finally evaluate. So dive into a validate for us, Emily, because I think this is very important. Yes, sadness. And this is what I, the reason I think it's important is because I stink at it. I'm just now getting there. It's but. a it took more work for you. I don't, th I think you val, I think I grew up knowing sadness was real. I'm glad you said that. Keep going. Which may have been the Holy Spirit stepping in, <laughs> but we, we take the win. Um, no, but validate the emotion. Sadness is real. Um, and validating means taking the feeling for what it is and not jumping in to try and, or not skipping steps to trying to fix the sadness or distract from the sadness. Um, because again, I think it can start to feel like this, the feeling is wrong in and of itself. So we look at it with, again, curiosity and compassion. Mm -hmm. We empower our kids. Sadness is real. Again, we don't want to put sadness on them when they're not feeling it. Mm -hmm. We empower them with emotional vocabulary when feelings are neutral. Um, you know, when there are no feelings, like at dinner, we talk about it. So then when they do feel sad, they can say, I feel sad right now. Right. Or if we see anger, we get them, to, we encourage them to be curious and say, you know, why are you angry? Let's look. Is there another feeling you're feeling? Yeah. The um, iceberg, you can check out more about that on a previous episode. Yes. And so sadness is real and we want to validate it. And then sadness is painful. It is real and it does hurt. And we don't need to make a bigger deal or a smaller deal. Mm -hmm. You don't want to dismiss or distract. You don't want to try to fix. You don't want to try. You know, my obvious reaction was then we need to do something fun. Right. If you're sad right now, then let's, you know, how do I either you know, do my reaction was to treat or remove sadness. from the yes. yeah treat it uh -huh. yes that's so well said with uh, by fixing or distracting. Well, and doctor. Um, um, I almost said Dr. Thurman, but I meant David Thomas, mm -hmm. um, talks about having that space in your home that is a safe space for unfun feelings to be felt. A calm corner. A calm corner. And yeah. it doesn't literally have to be a corner, but in that space you have, um, a stress ball, a punching bag, um, mm -hmm a feelings chart, some calm books to read, whatever it is. So Mine pretty much stopped at screaming in my pillow. Any, <laughs> yeah, pillows are helpful for screaming. So any feelings okay to feel and you may need to work it out in that space. And I mean, physically working out, jumping up and down, you know, right. it, it looks different in every child. And so sadness is real. Sadness is painful. So we validate it. Um, looking at it with curiosity and compassion, no judgment or comparison. Then this is my favorite one. Go ahead. Separate the emotion from the behavior. This is so significant to me because I, listen, you can talk about how you try to avoid sadness all you want, but you let me feel my feelings. My whole growing up, I was allowed to feel my feelings and I was responsible for my own conduct, behavior, and actions. Yes. And so study your child. Every child, every person 
experiences sadness differently. And so pay attention to, again, like we talked about um, in the last episode, talking about fear, um, how that can show up, that can physically manifest in different ways. So can sadness. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you uh, made reference to it. I don't know if we read already today, the Galatians 6, 4, and 5. Pay we have attention not. to your own work. For then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. It's important with sadness because like you may feel sad about something that I would not feel sad about. And there's no need to say, well, I shouldn't feel sad about that. Nobody yeah. else feels sad. It doesn't matter. You feel sad. Yes. And then we're each responsible for our own conduct. We do embrace responsibility to um, express the sadness in a healthy and productive way. And I think this is really big for um, parents of deeply empathetic kids. Yes. Um, like learning that it's not necessarily lashing out toward the situation or toward the people in the situation, but an empathetic kid can just be like feeling on behalf of the people that they're Yes. Like expressing things toward. If, if that a child makes has sense. the gift of empathy, yeah. you know, and has it intuitively and feels things deeply. And I know some people who they are not deeply empathetic and then their three-year-old is. Yes. And they're like, what it is going on? It It is a complete mystery to a parent who doesn't have that. So what does sadness look like? So when we separate the emotion from the behavior, the first thing is to study your child. If we're going to teach our kids, we have to study our kids. So what does sadness look like? Every child is different. Some kids' sadness, this, it looks like anger. Some mm. kids become clingy and worried. Others become standoffish and pull away. Others act out and misbehave. Study and learn his reaction to sad feelings. Learn what triggers this sadness. Mm -hmm. You know, we, um, the more we can show compassion, and I don't mean not addressing unacceptable behaviors right, we right. still address unacceptable behaviors but when we circle back let's get curious with our children compassion is more about the posture toward addressing things rather than like whether or not things are addressed right we still implement we still say here's the bar here's acceptable behavior we're going to get to that in a sec but understanding like let's let's get curious together let's look at the sadness together and let's look at what are the triggers and what does sadness look like I've noticed that when you feel sad sometimes you uh, react like this so empowering them so pray for wisdom as you do that so we validate separate and next is educate our kids about sadness mm -hmm. um, sadness is normal everyone feels sadness sometimes um, and life is sometimes hard. Sad That's one of our truths that we taught yeah. in Own Your Mind Business. Oh, yeah. And I got that from Dr. Chris Thurman's book on Lies We Believe. Yes. If we can empower our kids with truths like life is sometimes hard. Right. That's a growth mindset. Oh, my that's gosh, yes. In, well, that's encouraging a growth mindset and encouraging um, emotional resilience because life is sometimes hard means I didn't necessarily do anything wrong to get here. Maybe right. I did. Maybe I didn't. But it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, it just happens. And so when we teach them that, they're able to respond with wisdom instead of react with emotion more readily. Well, and I think that um, this is just my thought tangent. Welcome, everyone. 
but the enemy will use unfun feelings as a foothold to isolate. Yes. And if the enemy can have you or your child feeling like, oh, I should have done things differently to avoid this feeling or I'm the only one feeling this feeling, that's the biggie, I think. Like, I'm the only one feeling this way about this thing. If the enemy can make you believe that to be true, then that's when shame comes in and shame is like mold it grows in the dark yes and so that is why um, empowering with emotional vocabulary creating a a home in which any feeling's okay to feel mm-hmm. but how you express it matters and so we want any feeling to right. be okay so sadness is normal it is a part of everyone's life i also think it's important to remember that sadness is temporary right I feel sad now, but I won't feel sad forever. After the feeling of sadness is validated and there is space and time for the sadness, um, we get to remind ourselves and our kids that it's temporary, but it's not forever. It's not forever. And that life is really not fair, but God is always good. That right there is another truth. We say, it's you know, a huge life one. is sometimes hard and then life's not always fair, but God is always good. And that is a huge one that starts with simple, straightforward things. And the sooner you can store that in your heart, yes. the more helpful it is, the more complicated things get. Because we can get stuck in the process of grieving Right. And see the injustice in whatever we're grieving or the loss, the disappointment, the hurt. Mm-hmm. It is unfair, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Why me and not her? Yeah, we can get stuck right, there. And right. so life's not always fair, but God is always good. And this is what I always say. When you're feeling uncertain, cling to what you know is real and true. Right. And we always go back to Romans eight twenty eight. I can't see how he will use it, but I know because he says he will use it for his glory and our good. And to know that Ro- what Romans 8:28 does not say is that God causes all things for good and that he does not cause all things. No, he uses them. Yes, he causes all things to work together. Yes. He can then use right. them. Yes. Life's not always fair, but God is always good. Um and then we have a few scripture that support that. Psalm 35, 30 verse 5. <laughs> yeah. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 4. There's a time for everything and a season for everything under the heavens. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And then, as we mentioned before, Romans 8, 28. We know, we know. We don't just think. We don't just, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Um we've referred to before on an episode earlier about our 4a process (gasps) walking through um it it actually applies to a lot of different situations a lot but it whether it is something that you did wrong whether it is a you have been wronged or you're just feeling an unfun feeling we walk through the four a's Mm -hmm. emily go through the four a's real quick and then we'll apply them to sadness okay cool i'm gonna list them and then break them down a little bit Um, The four A's are acknowledge, accept, appreciate, and advance. And we particularly use this with unfun feelings, unfun situations, um, because I think that can be where it's hardest to appreciate and advance because we can use unfun feelings to get stuck. Well, and in Fearless Mom, we talk a lot about mom guilt. 
Oh, right. Because we do make mistakes. I cannot fathom. And so we look at the mistake. We apply this to our mistakes as well. Yes. And so if I've done something wrong, it applies there. If right. I have been wronged, right, it applies there. So walk through you it. You can also look at it sadness. as your um, aversion to sadness. Yes. Um, to yeah, <laughs> acknowledge, accept, appreciate in advance. It's like covers, all traits. It anyway, covers a lot of things. So it's apply great. it to sadness. Okay, so sadness. sadness. So when I'm feeling sad, um, I acknowledge my sadness. For me, I um, don't like to acknowledge my feelings. And so I make myself write, physically write it down and stare at it. Um, that is the best way for me to acknowledge it, which makes it easiest for me to accept it. So when I acknowledge the sadness and say, oh, without judgment, um, I'm feeling sad. And those period. are two different <sighs> verbs. Yes. First, you acknowledge. Yes. That is not the same act as accepting it. Gosh, no. Acknowledge is like, oh, this exists, period, hard stop. Um, and then I accept that I'm feeling sad. Like, okay. It is not, I'm not doing anything wrong to feel sad. I'm not doing anything wrong um, that I'm in this situation where I'm feeling sad. Um, or even if I did, even if I had done something wrong and it result like this was an effect of a cause um, that I contributed to, I still can accept that I am in the middle of feeling sadness or that I did feel sad. Here's the deal we'd say all the time. It's not about positive feelings it's about accurate accurate feelings right po not positive it's thinking just, accurate thinking we're just looking at it is what it is it's the reality regardless so of how we got here we accept it so you acknowledge it then you accept it then and you, that is a significant and what's sign the other significance sorry go no. is between accept and appreciate i totally agree because i can accept my feeling and still beat myself up over it but to appreciate the feeling, mom, you're good at talking about this. Well, I, I think when you appreciate the feeling, let's say that someone has wronged me. Right. Let's look at it from that. And I'm sad, I'm hurt, I'm disappointed because of someone else's choice. Mm -hmm. So I acknowledge it. I am sad that she did this. I'm mm -hmm. sad that she did whatever she did, hurt my feelings, disappointed me, whatever. Then I move to accept. I accept it. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I see that it's there and I see that it's impacting me. Right. And now I'm going to move to appreciate. And you know what? I do not appreciate what she did, but I appreciate that God can use oh it. Oh my gosh. How often do you say, I hate that this is affecting me. It annoys me that I am being impacted by other like people. Like I should be more right. resilient. Right. What is wrong not, with me? That's not that resilience. I, right. What is wrong with me that I'm feeling sad about this? How am I still, you know, so uh -huh. we acknowledge, we accept. We appreciate. I don't have to appreciate what happened. Right. I can appreciate that God will use it. Right. I can see hope in the hurt. I can see purpose in the pain. I can see that he will use and it. And appreciate that you're not numb to things. Yes. And appreciate, yes, that I'm feeling things. Appreciate that I um, can, you know, I get to choose how I respond to it. Right. I can appreciate that. And then, which. Then we advance. Oh man, don't get stuck. Moving forward. We move forward with this now. Maybe I'm more courageous. Maybe I'm more knowledgeable. Maybe I'm um, more resilient. Whatever it is, I appreciate that. And I move forward. I advance. And sometimes you advance with the pain. 
Like I don't have to advance from the pain. If I've lost someone significant, I'm not going to move on from that. I'm moving on with that. It's like, okay, this is how it's a part of my story. Yes. This is how I picture it in my brain. It's like, if I acknowledge, accept and appreciate I'm able to advance. It may be a roller suitcase on four wheels that I can easily roll through the airport with me or yes. roll across whatever, herringbone brick. Oh, that's just a little <laughs> throwback to Charleston. Um, anyway, but like if I don't acknowledge, accept and appreciate, then I'm trying to carry a 4,000 pound duffel bag that like, right. that's never going to happen. Right. And so whether it's sadness, whether it's something. But it doesn't eliminate wrong, it. Yes. Maybe we're sad about a season in our lives where we chose, you know, maybe you are in a situation that you're sad because of something you did. Right. The four A's applies there too. Oh my gosh, yes. Self-compassion is critical because even if you've been wrong, even if you've done something wrong and it's a consequence of your own actions, it's easy to let yourself fester in it because you're like, oh, I put myself here. Oh, uh, it's the four A process applies to a lot of situations and yes. certainly with sadness so accept is huge you acknowledge you accept you appreciate and you advance now when we're talking about sadness I think educating our kids about how to deal with their own sadness is super important I also think the ability to read and respond to other people's sadness Whoa, yes. is important here. We talk a lot about the importance of empathy for kids to see how others are feeling and see how their actions impact others and how others around them are feeling and to be sensitive to that. And right, even if you're not involved in the situation. It's a pretty big emotional milestone and a big part of emotional intelligence is mm-hmm. understanding your own feelings and understanding other people's feelings. So we have uh, skills that we, you can use the emotion chart for that. We have questions right. on the back of the feelings chart that help you um, talk with other people's feelings. Was anyone at school today feeling sad? Mm-hmm. If they were feeling sad, how could you help them? What would you do if your brother were feeling sad, if your sister were feeling sad? Again, education on the front end, empowering and giving skills on the front end um, so anticip- so that now they we've normalized it and they know to expect sadness and for other people to feel sad. And we, look, we have a family in our church and their child is so empathetic that he literally does not even look like looking at the feelings chart. Right. The he feelings, gets... the sad faces on the feelings chart make him feel sweet sad. Boy. Isn't that sweet? What a gift of empathy. Yes. I cannot wait to see to how see God an emoji uses that. Yeah, but it, you know, teaching empathy when you see another child, if you're at the park, a child is crying, like, oh, she's crying. What do you think happened? Right. What do you think? And you know, just using the vocabulary. Do you think she's sad? What do you think made her sad? Do you mm-hmm. think she lost something? Do you think she's hurt? Mm-hmm. And and empowering them to not only recognize their own sadness, right. but sadness of other people around them. And so we. Walking through the emote control process, we validate, separate, educate, and finally, we evaluate our own response to sadness. So my response to my sadness, as well as my response to my child's sadness. In each of the unfun feelings, I think it's important that we understand when we say evaluate your response to fear, to anger, to sadness, it's your own feeling as well as when your child feels sad. Right. And so how comfortable are you with your own sadness? 
Do you articulate it? Do you verbalize it? Do you express it in a healthy, productive way? And what about your child's sadness or other people's sadness? I can um, feel uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable with sadness that I'm uncomfortable if someone across the restaurant is feeling sad. Right. I can see it. Now, I'm not as sensitive to that as, let's say, Allison, Allison. who is extremely empathetic. Um, but I have to, to effectively empower my kid to deal with sadness, to handle sadness in a healthy and productive way. It's super important that we go through our three ground rules. We talk about this yeah. a lot with discipline. I must recognize my identity apart from my child. I must get comfortable with my child's being uncomfortable. And I have to put my child's needs above my wants. And I think you channel sadness and don't try to change it. Yes. Like Allison's yeah. empathy for others is super valuable and why she's so great at being a NICU nurse. It's so true. It's so true. Every mother in the world wants her child to be happy. Right. That is, I mean, if you ask, you know, a million mothers, what's the number one thing? I'm telling you, a lot of them, the first thing, I just want my child to be happy. Right. I just want my child to be happy. That is normal and natural. Our reflex is to protect, but our responsibility is to prepare. Wow. I want to protect my child from sadness, but my job is to prepare my child for sadness. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's super important that we see the value of sadness and that we can experience joy and sadness at the same time. Yes. We can experience hope and hurt at the same time. Yes. And it's super valuable. But just know that you're not alone, mom. If you're struggling with sadness, we're, we're right there with you. We're all learning at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm 53 and Emily, you are... 27. And we're still learning. Oh, gosh, yes. We're still learning as mom and daughter how to operate <laughs> with sadness and how well, the best way that I can encourage her. But we're all in this together and you can do it. And so I've loved this All the Feels series. Me too. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Thanks for joining us. And um, we are pretty pumped about our series coming up, but you will uh, get a snoopful. What yeah. a teaser. I know this. Um, yeah, it's coming soon. <laughs> I almost said when it's going to be released. Yeah, I'm but not, don't, don't do not it. Positive. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to lock myself in anything. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great day. And um, we appreciate y'all joining us. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.